Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. This is going to be a challenging program, I think, because I just have the sense that in some parenting circles, the Holy Spirit isn't really a vital component. And you ask the question, can the Holy Spirit make your job as a parent easier? And you say a resounding, absolutely yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, I will say it can make our lives so much less stressful. It can give us a sense of peace and provide even a sense of understanding and purpose that maybe we've never had before as a parent. But I've got to confess, when I started as a parent, the Holy Spirit didn't play into my thought process in parenting at all. What changed that? What changed that? Great question. I think it was beginning as a traditional parent, uh, trying to protect my kids at every turn. I had my first two are daughters, so my protective instincts were quite high. And really seeing that process break down as my oldest daughter got into her preteen years at, at aged eight, nine, she really started the distance. We started to have issues. And um, a lot of it was to do with the way we handled when she made mistakes and our desire to control her. So your traditional parenting skills were really tuned up and you were rules and consequences and laying down the law. Well, that and, you know, wanting to protect her, you know, don't do this, don't do that. A lot of negative messages. And that just really drove her away from us. And it fits with the research on love that shows that the most unloving act, according to the big survey of Americans, is controlling behavior and communication. And my daughter wasn't feeling loved. You could feel her pulling away. Oh, yeah. And getting defensive and argumentative and guarding herself at every turn. And so, you know, when we started the research and we started to look into what was going on with the kids, um, it led to me digging into all sorts of things. And one of those was the Holy Spirit. And uh, it was fascinating because I had never considered using the Holy Spirit in our parenting style at all. And in fact, as we decided to go down to one rule in our home, which was love God and love one another, which came straight out of the Lord's mouth. <laughs> it's interesting, all the extra rules I had added. Um, you know, my wife, actually, while I was out of town, encountered an experience with our daughter, Jennifer, who's in studio with us here today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the story that unfolded that day was where we discovered for the first time that the Holy Spirit could be used in parenting. And it wasn't me that figured that out. It was my wife, Dee Dee, and this amazing conversation she had with Jennifer. Tell us that story, Jennifer. There was a day back in the fourth grade, I was cheating on my spelling test because I didn't study the night before. And my teacher sent me home with a letter. And so my mom picks me up at school and I solemnly hand her the letter through the car window and I get into the back seat. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm in for it. 
I'm in for it today. And in the and old this days, is only fourth grade. Yeah, in the old days, she would have been in for it. Before we started to make the change and went down to the one rule, we would have, mom would have come down on her. And that's so she had a fear walking into that car. So and, the teacher caught you cheating yeah. and wrote the letter that you were to give to your mother. Yeah. So you were a good young fourth grader to give that letter to your mother because some might not have passed that letter along. Oh, she needed to sign it and I needed to take it back oh, to my teacher. Okay. <laughs> Accountability there. Yes. There was no choice. <laughs> so how did your mom react to reading the letter from the teacher? My first recollection of this is that she opened the letter, she read it in the car before we left the school, and she was like, oh, honey. And that was a little bit of a shock to me. I'm like, why is she kind of feeling pitiful for me? Like, why, what is this reaction? And the next thing you know, she's like, she's asking me all these questions about what happened and, you know, if I was cheating at first, I thought it might be that she didn't want to believe I was cheating, but I was. I told her I was. <laughs> I think the most important question she asked in that series was, how do you feel about this? And I think I said I felt really guilty. Hmm. I felt like I had done something horrible. And then what did she ta say? Do you remember? Um, no, the next thing I remember is that she asked me what I needed to do to make this right. And she allowed me to come up with, uh, I need to write my teacher an apology letter. So I did, and I took it in the next day with the signed letter from my mom. Well, this was a few years ago, obviously. Jennifer's now in college, and she was in fourth grade then. But I know from talking to you that night, I'll never forget, and from talking to mom that day, because I was out of town, she said, so you feel guilty? And you're like, Yes. And she asked you the question, do you know how to deal with your guilt? And you said no. And that's when she talked about praying and, and confessing to God, and you guys prayed together. Do you remember that now? Yeah, okay. yeah, I do. Okay. And so what I find interesting from that whole time and in the interaction with Didi, you know, I remember calling, and she goes, don't worry, I did it right. And she shared the story with me. And I was so encouraged because what we recognized through that story was when she said, how do you feel about this? Jennifer said, I feel horrible. I feel guilty. Imagine that. The role of the Holy Spirit is to convict. Convict the world of sin and of righteousness, of right and wrong. And he was working in Jennifer's heart. She already knew it was wrong. She had already been gripped by the Holy Spirit, cringing inside. We've all had that sense when we've made mistakes. We've said the wrong thing to someone, a friend, and the Holy Spirit grabs our chest and it seizes up inside. And we're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And what I loved was by asking the question, what happened? And how are you feeling about that? And, and having a compassion for the failure it caused her to open up and it gave the Holy Spirit room to run. And then even asking the question, what do you want to do about this after they prayed? I want to write a letter to my teacher. How fast, how long did it take you to get that letter done? Because this was a Friday. You had till Monday to I, get the letter done. I maybe did it in five minutes. Okay, immediately you dealt with it. Yeah. Yes. Because the Holy Spirit was convicting. It wasn't the parent jumping in and saying this was wrong and coming down on them. It was the Holy Spirit leading the process. And he is supposed to be our lead. He's supposed to be our guide. He's supposed to be the convictor. 
And this is where the Holy Spirit can really make our job easier as a parent. If we don't need to play the heavy, then we won't damage the relationship with our kid. We won't have the conflict. As long as we're giving the Holy Spirit room to run and we're helping our kids understand the Holy Spirit and we're praying for the Holy Spirit to be active in our hearts, in our kids' hearts. It's, it's a growth amazing. opportunity relationship-wise between the parent and the child when the parent is asking these open-ended questions. Exactly. How do you feel about this? How do you want to handle this? Right. What do you want to do with this? That was a, a unique growth opportunity for both mom and for Jennifer. And for, for me. Yeah. Uh, from from well, a third party. How did you hear the story then? Well, it was hilarious. Um, back then when we were just changing, Didi was really struggling with making the change away from coming down on and rules and consequences and the lecture. And, and so she was using me as a crutch. And I was out of town. And I was actually speaking in front of an audience of about 300 college ministry leaders in Florida. And my phone was buzzing in my pocket. And I looked and it was Didi. And then it buzzed again. And it buzzed again. It was like, Three, uh -oh. And so something blew up at home. And so when I finally cleared the stage and, and everybody, I called and Didi said, uh, don't worry, I did it and I did it right. And then the story was shared and I was like, whoa, I was blown away. I was humbled because I realized that the Holy Spirit was convicting Jennifer. And I realized that I had been trying to play the role of the Holy Spirit in my kids' lives. And it was no wonder my oldest daughter wanted to avoid me and was getting defensive and argumentative and pulling away from us because I was trying to play God in her life. And she didn't like it. And actually, my picture of God and how I was dealing with her isn't the God I've come to know at all. Thankfully, God isn't up there coming down on me every time I make a mistake. He doesn't convict me for everything I do wrong because it says in the Bible we couldn't handle it. So even the way I was playing God wasn't really God. I was giving my kids a horrible impression of what God's all about. I think it's inspiring to hear stories of how you and Didi grew over time in your practices as parents, in your techniques as parents. And Didi knew that she made a big step forward in handling this situation about cheating the way she did. Right. And I know a lot of parents hear this story from speaking at conferences and go, well, this won't work with smaller things like lying, or this won't work with this or that. And, you know, I've found that it does. I had a mom at one event say, there's no way this is going to work with my daughter. She lies all the time. And then I got a call a week later. You won't believe what happened. I asked my daughter four questions. She broke down crying, led to the most powerful conversation we've ever had in, in terms of growing with my daughter. And as a result, my husband and I are coming to your next event in Seattle in three months because he needs to hear this. And she stood up in that event and shared that story when the other parents started questioning, this won't work with my kid. And she's like, no, it does. It really does. But there's a loving and a gentleness and a caring and compassion that's part of that questioning process. Oh, yeah. You're not convicted. You're loved. Right. And I've got to ask you a few questions. Yeah. And right? allow the Holy Spirit to do the conviction. It makes our job so much easier. I love this topic. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can make your job as a parent easier. You're listening to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott and special guest Jennifer. Reflecting on being a fourth grader. We've got that straight. More in a moment. Hey, at times, we as parents all have questions. 
even I have questions. That's why I do a lot of this research. And I'd love to hear from you, love to hear your questions that you would like us to address on air. If you go to revivefamily.com forward slash radio, that's revivefamily.com forward slash radio, right there at the beginning of the page is a place you can submit a question. We won't use your name on air unless you want us to. It's entirely confidential, but we would love to address the issues you would like us to on this radio program and podcast. Thank you. We appreciate your help. You're listening to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We're talking about the Holy Spirit assisting in your work as a parent. Let's consider the ways the Holy Spirit can make your job as a parent easier. You've touched on a couple already, but I know you've experienced it deeply. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's changed how I look at every situation with my kids. One of the things that it really helped with was this innate desire I had to protect my kids, which bent me towards control, was I was living, I guess, a bit in fear of what might happen, the what ifs, what could happen with my kids. And that, of course, then caused me to say, no, you can't go do this or no, you can't do that. And then that, of course, led to my kids being frustrated with me and comparing what we allowed to what their friends were allowed to do. And so it, you were saying some no's because those things were dangerous well, or could be, could, could be, be risky. Dangerous. Or, yeah. you know, I was more protecting them from things that I felt could influence them improperly. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it's, you know, we considered homeschooling at one point because of the influences of the school system. And where I really began to relax as a parent, where I began to have peace as a parent, where I began to have more influence and power to speak into my kids' lives is when I stepped back and started to trust the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he takes up residence in our kids' hearts. I can't go with my kids everywhere and be with them 24-7, but you know who can? The Holy Spirit. He's there day in and day out. You know, where we may want to track our kids constantly and have them text all the time what's going on. I mean, one of the funny articles I saw on Fox News was that parents and texting were causing accidents because the parents were expecting their kids to respond immediately when they got a text. And they got upset if they didn't because it meant they were maybe doing something they shouldn't be doing. And so kids were texting in the car to their parents and they were getting in accidents and it made a national news article in Fox. It was happening so much because parents were trying to monitor where their kids were at because of the fear, the desire to control and protect. Not knowing that the phone call with a hands-free setup would be much safer than having their child attempt to text and drive, (laughs) which is nasty and illegal and it's causes Death's on the highway. Right. And you don't even need to make the phone call if you come to trust the Holy Spirit and you come to point your kids to the Holy Spirit and you begin to see the Holy Spirit and them responding and being convicted by the Spirit. All of a sudden you start going, wow, I don't need to worry. I don't need to live in fear, which is biblical. Fear nothing, here, revere God. The Holy Spirit goes with our kids every day. And he's the one that should be guiding them. He's the one that should be convicting them of right things to do and wrong things to do. He's the one that should be reminding them of everything they've been taught. Maybe we don't have to repeat 
repeat everything over and over again, which is driving kids nuts from my coaching and counseling with families. What do they think? I'm stupid. I've heard the same thing from them 20 times. Um, you know, those are some of the comments I get from kids because we're not honoring the Holy Spirit's roles in our kids' lives. We're not looking at them. We're not processing them. We're not pointing our kids towards them. We're not praying about them. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to play the powerful role he can play in our kids' lives. So how do parents who haven't really relied on the Holy Spirit, maybe haven't even presented Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as part of the core values of that family, how do they begin to work in the concept of the Holy Spirit as a guiding influence? Well, I think part of it is one stepping back and asking the questions like we talked about in the last segment, like my my wife did, and, and we discovered the Holy Spirit was actually convicting Jennifer, and we didn't need to play that role. I think another piece of it is introducing the Holy Spirit as a, a topic around the dinner table. Hey, you know, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. It says he can convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. It says that he reminds us of everything we've been taught. It says he can even give us the words to speak in difficult situations. You know, what do we think about that? And have you ever sensed the Holy Spirit's conviction in your heart? And if they go, I'm not sure, then, well, have you ever said something to a, a friend that you knew you shouldn't have in your head and you kind of said, oh, I wish I hadn't said that? Or have there been times when you've said something and something grabbed you in the chest and it was just, ooh, this deep sense of conviction, oh, this... There's the Holy Spirit's voice. Have you encountered that? And and start asking some questions to see if the Holy Spirit's in there and working. And then start testing it by asking questions when they fail mm-hmm. um, and seeing if they feel bad. And then pointing out, is that guilt? And then helping them understand that they can take that guilt to God and have it relieved in a flash of a second by just confessing it and asking God to change that area of their lives. If the Holy Spirit's real and he takes up residence in our hearts, he's there 24-7 with our kids. He can guide them. He can protect them. He can lead them in what to say, what to do, what not to do. The Holy Spirit can give the the child a more discerning heart. I like that expression. Oh, yeah. And our kids have benefited from that. I mean, Jennifer, I know throughout high school, you went to high school where there's a lot of drug use, a lot of marijuana use. Uh, You went off to college in your first semester, and there's a lot of drinking that went on, and your roommates got drunk, and you took away the keys. Why haven't you participated in all those things? Because I don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) And did the kids around you that were doing those things, how did they interact with you? Oh, I had a lot of people saying that I was an angel and I was perfect and I, I that, you know, the first time they heard a cuss word come out of my mouth, they were like, <gasps> oh, no, it's like, I'm human. <laughs> but did you along the way sense the Holy Spirit in different situations where you were offered the opportunity to do something wrong? Did you feel that nudge to, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't do this. Yeah. How often? Um, I mean, not that often because it all started back in high school for me. Like, it doesn't happen to me that much anymore because I know what alcohol tastes like. It tastes gross. I don't need it. I don't, I've seen what drugs do to you and I don't want that for my body. And... I know that a lot of these kids are just doing this because they don't have any 
where else to take their feelings. Where in our family you do. I mean, I tell you everything. I mean yeah. everything. And, and part of that is a fitting in, is it not, at the college level? The participation in some of these activities where you've said, I don't need that. Some people need that as feeling part of a group or, or fitting in. I mean, my roommates on their birthday, because they, they had birthdays back to back, they they decided to get alcohol and start drinking my freshman year. And I sat there and I did shots of milk with them. <laughs> <laughs> but I good th- for you. I think <laughs> when I look back at your life and how mom handled that whole event with the Holy Spirit, you started to learn early on to respond to the feeling of guilt, to go to God with it, to make it right with other people, and it ended up building into you a sense of understanding when the Holy Spirit talked to you and nudged you and you listened, and then all of a sudden those things became convictions in your life. Oh, yeah. If I get into an argument with somebody or I say something wrong, like it takes me maybe tops 20 minutes to get to the point where I have to go and apologize for what I said. And so the Holy Spirit is active in her life, but what you hear is they start responding to the Holy Spirit's conviction. They start developing convictions of their own. Pretty soon the Holy Spirit doesn't even need to convict them when those things get offered to them because they've already made the decision. Mm -hmm. And this is where I found it so much easier as a parent to leverage the Holy Spirit because when my daughter went off to college, I had zero fear that she was going to make a bad decision. So that's where you say the relaxation enters the picture for you and for Dee Dee, and that you know the Holy Spirit is a guiding spirit in your children's lives. And we knew that when she went off, she was going to make good decisions because she had been trained to listen to the Spirit. She had already, as a result of that training by the Spirit, come to convictions and decisions before she even left for college. And here she is in a dorm room with everybody else drinking, doing shots of milk with them because she had made these decisions early on. Whereas when we were playing the controlling parent, because we didn't trust the Holy Spirit to work in her life and to go with her, she wouldn't have learned to make any of these decisions like Mm -hmm. all of these other kids and her roommates where her parents were saying, no, you can't do that. You can't go here. You can't do this. That's too risky. They'll influence you the wrong way. They didn't make any of those decisions. They get to college and all of a sudden, mom and dad aren't there to play the control agent anymore and the Holy Spirit isn't it part of the equation for them? Right. And uh, oof, uh, some she saw some crazy things. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of bad decision-making and uh, right. you know, a lot of experimentation that they feel is now allowable because they're no longer under the thumb. Right. And so the Holy Spirit, when we will honor him, when we will pray for God to work in their hearts and the Holy Spirit to lead them and convict them and guide them, when we'll ask the questions if he's working in there and we'll seek and help them discover the conviction of the Spirit and to feel the guilt, and we come to realize he's actually active in our kids' lives, we can step back and we can say, wow, you know, I don't have to play the heavy. I don't have to monitor. I don't have to track. I don't have to check up all the time. How often did we check up on you? Never. Why? Because you trusted me. I mean, I checked in with you. If Did we force you to do that? No. We live out on a windy mountain road, and halfway down the road, we lose cell service. And um, it was my decision that every single night before 
like if I had the car in town and I was doing something with my friends or I was at a school event late, I would call home and tell them that I was about to drive home so that if I didn't get home in 30 minutes, come out looking for me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was my decision. Like they didn't ask me to do that at all. You are a very responsible child. You are a role model for those kids where you're going to college in Flagstaff. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's become a mom to a bunch of students that are actually older than her. But what's fascinating is we saw the same thing with our oldest daughter when she went off to college for the same reasons. And we're seeing the same things develop in our 15-year-old son, now 16. He just turned 16. And... Uh, we're moving towards having zero fear that he'll make wrong decisions because he's got friends calling and saying, will you take a leak in a cup so I can pass my parents' drug test? And he's getting mad at them and saying no because he knows it's not good for them to do drugs, so it's not loving for him to to help them get past it. He's already making those decisions. I think it's a large part because we approach things with an open hand. We're not controlling mm -hmm. And we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our kids' lives. I think you said early in the program that that kind of controlling behavior uh, demonstrates a lack of love and a lack of trust. Definitely. Right. That's what the research is saying hmm. on love. One of the things that kills love most. And that's what it's saying in your family. If we come to trust the Holy Spirit, we don't need to be the controlling agent. Holy Spirit, that work in your family. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott and Jennifer, too. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.